and gentlemen, Rob Port here on 970 WDAY. Coming off a pretty good weekend. Atil, how are you? Doing good. Glad to be back. Weather was, uh, it, it seems like the time of year in North Dakota where it's like, it's like either beautiful out or like tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't have a whole lot of in between right now. I mean, today is like a beautiful day out there and tomorrow we're talking severe thunderstorms here in Fargo-Moorhead, so... Well, this is North Dakota. This is North Dakota, and we don't half-ass things here. <laughs> you are correct about that. We full-ass the weather. Okay. If you want to join the program, eight, uh, email talk at WDAY at WDAY.com or tweet me at Rob Port. Coming up a little bit later in the program, uh, you remember a few years ago we passed, um, the legislature passed some laws regarding animal cruelty, and it was a big thing. You know, obviously, North Dakota is an ag state. A lot of people make their living from animals in our state. Um, and so that was a that was a big deal. I mean, that, that sort of policy and how it's implemented uh, is important for one of our, our biggest industries. Um, there's a situation going on over in Dickinson with a rancher who has had a bunch of his cattle seized. Uh, first of all, that seizure came with no due process there's actually no requirement in state law that if the government decides that you're mistreating your animals they can just come take them um and there's no due process so that's that's an issue another issue is there are some ways that situation intersects with those new animal cruelty laws that are are not good and, and i think maybe indicative of some needed reform we're going to talk about that coming up at 1 30 daryl lees from the north Dakota farm bill joins me also luke simons republican uh, state representative uh, from the Dickinson area. They're both going to be on the program. We'll talk about that. Um, here's something that I want to talk about, and I, I think it fits in with a larger theme. Uh, Megan Kelly, formerly of Fox News, now uh, moved over to NBC, uh, where she's got a, uh, a sort of primetime interview show. Uh, which I, Have you watched any of this? I mean, were you like a Megan? Have you followed her career at all? I, I don't know if you've watched any of this show uh well, I you know I'm aware of her career. I've followed her career to to some extent, um, but I haven't watched her since she's made the switch uh, from Fox. No. Yeah, her her first big thing was um, she interviewed Vladimir Putin, which didn't get very good. It was short. Um, I think a lot of people felt like Russia's president did a pretty good job of handling her. Like she didn't she didn't get through. I mean, it wasn't really. It wasn't very. It wasn't very good. Too short. I, I I don't know that she really revealed anything. She's also getting some heat though because another big interview coming up is with Alex Jones. Now, Natalia, you know who Alex Jones is. I feel like I should, but I'm gapping. He on... is. He's got thirty million like radio listeners. Oh, he has okay, okay, yeah. Infowars, um, Prison Planet. He does all sorts of stuff. The guy's a conspiracy monger. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's fair to say that. He he was actually very close with the Trump campaign, actually uh, interviewed candidate Trump uh, in the Trump administration. His radio show has White House credentials. Uh, and, I mean, listen, a, a lot of people like this guy. He's very popular among some circles of conservatives and libertarians. And Megyn Kelly is going to interview him, and some people don't like it. I'm reading, uh, this is a column from don kaplan in the new york daily news he's he writes i quote monsters do not deserve a megaphone i'm all for offering every side of an issue but handing a national 
mainstream media platform to an unhinged Sandy Hook massacre denier like Alex Jones, as Megyn Kelly will do on Sunday, is twisted. Jones is the ultra-white right-wing internet blabbermouth who has spent years pushing insane conspiracy theories on his web empire, Infowars. This is the guy who called the horrific 2012 nightmare in Newtown, Connecticut, a government hoax. Hoax? Tell that to the parents of the 20 slaughtered 6- and 7-year-olds or the families of the 6 slain school staffers. Um... She says, uh, he goes on to say, uh, many do not know him. Our job is to shine a light. He's, he writes that, quoting uh, Megan Kelly, uh, quoting a tweet that she put out. He concludes his column by saying, some places are just too dark to shine a light. Now, that seems to be a common theme in America in 2017, that there are some topics that, that, that are too ugly to be covered, that there are too, some things that are too ugly to be allowed to say, it happens a lot. You know, frequently uh, we, we've heard uh, Howard Dean, former Democratic presidential candidate, uh, and many others claiming that hate speech is not free speech. Uh, that that, And I, I I guess to me I just think it's interesting because, Atil, on this program, you know, we have interviewed, for instance, Craig Cobb, who is hugely controversial. I mean, believes some very ugly things about race and the government and a lot of other things. We've had him on this show We've interviewed him, and I think those sorts of interviews are, are important. And I'm, I'm wondering what the audience thinks. 701-293-9000, Do you think, as Mr. Kaplan wrote in this column, that some places are just too dark to shine a light? Or do you think that there are some words that are just too ugly to say? I'd like to hear from you. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Because I, I'll tell you what, I, I don't believe those things. Um, now, if Megyn Kelly allows, and, and by the way, I, I, I think Alex Jones is a pretty despicable person. Anyone familiar with his work, some of the things he believes, you know, he sometimes says things that I agree with. I mean, he sometimes, he, for instance, was extremely critical of the uh, TSA's, uh, you know, where, where, you know the, the, the pat-downs and everything like that. He did a lot of work in that area. I thought he was largely right what i saw of it um the problem is is this guy veers into conspiracy land so often and in ways that are so offensive you know i think it's pretty gross the sandy hook hoax stuff is disgusting you're not informing people you're not illuminating the people things you're you're fomenting paranoia based on nothing so i'm not an alex jones fan at all but to say that he's a figure that's too dark to be interviewed, to say that he's somebody that a mainstream media figure like Megyn Kelly can't interview, that it's too dark to shine a light into, that what a what a harmful attitude. Because I, I'm of the opinion that people like that, people who are controversial, people who say things that you don't like, people who believe dark things, I, I think the last thing we want is for those people to lurk in the shadows. I, I I think the last thing, I mean, that's 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 where conspiracies breed, right? I mean, if you're upset about the things that Alex Jones says, if you're upset about the things that he does, then the thing you should want the most is a spotlight on him. Now, if Megyn Kelly does some sort of a softball interview with this guy, it doesn't challenge him. It doesn't force him 
to address some of the controversial things he said and some of the controversial things he believes, if she just gives him a platform to just rant, then okay. But that's on Megyn Kelly. I mean, that's not an indictment of the decision to interview somebody like Alex Jones in the first place. Just as you can be criticized, I guess, for giving a platform for a racist and just letting them spout their nonsense unchallenged, well, then you're complicit. But to say that you shouldn't interview people like that or to say that there's some things you can't say or whatever, I just don't agree. And I wish people would start ta- stop talking that way because it seems like an attitude that is becoming more and more prevalent over recent years. And we ought to be going the opposite direction. We ought to challenge things. We ought to address the darkness. The dark places are exactly where the spotlight deserves to be shown. 701-293-9000, email talk at wday.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email So here, here's the thing. I, I started, you know, Alex Jones on Megyn Kelly, and some people uh, have this uh, columnist from the New York Daily News saying that some places are just too dark to shine a light. And and until, I, I just don't believe in that. I, I just don't believe that that's, that's accurate. I, I don't, I, I think the dark places are exactly where you shine the light. That's I, what I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. The I understand where people are coming from in that they you know giving a a, a fear monger a microphone or a megaphone doesn't necessarily sound like the best thing to do. But if you're if what you're doing isn't you know just giving him a free reign megaphone to shout at the masses. Right. That's different. She's not just turning over. Her, it's like he's guest hosting. Exactly. She's interviewing him, and that's a different thing. She, she needs to, if Megyn Kelly does her job, which I really hope and believe that she will, she will challenge him. She will ask right. him difficult questions. She will provide information to, uh, I wouldn't say discredit, but, you know, provide facts that he has to, Context, yeah, rebuttal, he, yeah. I yeah, mean, that's, he, has to, no. he has to be able to handle her rebuttals, could and 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 confront him too. And and here's here's the other thing because if we don't, if we follow that advice that we say that that controversial figures, be they racists or conspiracy mongers or whatever, if we say they're off limits, we can't interview them. Interview them, then what are we doing, right? Because if we can't interview them, then. We either either we're just going to let them go unchallenged, and we're not going to talk about them at all. In which case, they're just going to have free reign to do whatever they want. Nobody's ever going to challenge them, and we don't want that. Or if we do challenge them, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about them rather than to them, and that's not helpful, right? Because if if all we're doing is talking about them and we're not talking to them, then in a way we're sort of making them martyrs. Right in, in in a way, it's 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 like we just have these two separate conversations going on, and I don't think that's helpful. I, I uh, we have got to talk to each other, right? I, I I think that's that's so much of what's already wrong with this country is that we're not talking to each other. We're saying, oh, those people are not worth our time. Those people are so 
are so provocative or so controversial or so uh, extreme or, or, or whatever pejorative or descriptor you, you want to use, it's like, oh, we can't go talk to them. And I don't, I don't care if we're talking. You should. We should be talking to the Ku Klux Klan. I think that would be helpful as just one example. Or the Black Panthers or, or some of these other extremists. Talk to them. Try to understand. Why do you feel these things? Why do you feel these things about us? I mean, why, why do you believe these things? I mean, engage them, right? I, I'm not saying that you have to do it in a way that glorifies what they believe. We don't have to let them just spout their hatred and their, their conspiracy. But we don't have to do that. But we should engage. We should talk. Because if we're not talking to each other, then what's the point? What's the point? 701-293-9000, email talk at wday.com. I don't know. I, we, we do that a lot, though, right, where, where we talk about each other, but we don't talk to each other. We don't engage with each other. I, I, I thought it was really interesting. There was a um, – I was reading an article one time about pornography, of, of all things. Um, and what what really interested me about it is that – that, that that's exactly what one of the the authors of, of of the article said is that you know the 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 sex worker industry the the porn industry was one of the last ones that that we talk about rather than talk to right we're we're not spending a lot of time talking to these people and trying to understand why they were doing and i i think that's changed in recent years that article was was a few years older but I don't know. I mean, I I think that's I think it's very important that we engage, and it's 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 always it's always very important to try to understand why some of these people feel the way they do. Sean sends a message says, "How can you change someone's beliefs and minds without engaging them, no matter how much we may find them repulsive?" Yeah, I, th- I think that's exactly right. I mean, so, so many if, if we're talking about you know hardcore conspiracy groups or hardcore you know hate groups or racist groups or whatever. A lot of their feelings stem from a sense of isolation, right? For for whatever reason, right or wrong, they feel like they're isolated from the rest of society. They they feel like there's something about them that the rest of society is not getting. And so if we decide, well, talking to these people is off limits, engaging with these people is off limits, then we're just driving them further into that isolation. And if that's what we're doing, then it's just going to make it worse. It's going to make them more extreme. It's going to make them hate more. I mean, there's some people that, that, that are just, they're going to hate, right? I mean, it's just, maybe there's just no changing their mind. And I guess that is what it is. It doesn't make me happy, but that's the way the world is sometimes. But maybe there's some people that, that we could pull back out of the darkness if we would just talk to them. If we would just say, let's, let's engage. Let's have a discussion. I am not going to say that your ideas are too nutty to engage, because I'm going to talk with you. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to call you out when I think you're wrong. But if we talk, if we engage, then maybe something better can come out of it. Not something perfect, because perfect's not attainable, but something better. It's 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 a difficult thing. You remember a while back, I, I was telling you about this uh, this documentary about the um, the the black blues singer. 
who um, was basically uh, befriending um, people in in the Ku Klux Klan. His name was Daryl Davis. Yeah, I do remember that. Right. And there's a documentary. It's called Accidental Courtesy. And it was so interesting because at the end of it, he's a black man and he's been trying to engage the KKK. And he made friends with a bunch of these Klan people. And like 20 or 30 people have left the Ku Klux Klan because he just befriended them and challenged their beliefs. And they, they decided that those beliefs were wrong. I mean, and to me, it was just remarkable. But the most interesting thing about that documentary is at the end of it, he meets with some people from the Black Lives Matter movement. And he tries to tell them the same thing. You hate this group of people. Maybe you should engage them. Maybe try talking to them instead of just hating and isolating. And the, the, the Black Lives, it was in Baltimore, and the Black Lives Matter movement people got so angry. They were shouting at him. They were screaming at him, and they left. And, and to me, that, that is a dangerous place to be. If, if, if you are so certain of your rectitude, you are so certain that you're correct, that you don't even feel like you have to engage the people who are on the other side, you're heading for some dangerous places. All right, we're going to talk about property rights and animal cruelty coming up next. Daryl Lees from the North Dakota Farm Bureau, along with State Representative Luke Simons, is going to be on the program. You can call in 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. And thorough and sharp as attack. Welcome back, 970 WDAY. This is Rob Port. You're listening to the Rob Report. Joining me for this segment is uh, Daryl Lees, president of the North Dakota Farm Bureau. Mr. Lees, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Rob? I am doing pretty good. Also on with me is uh, State Representative Luke Simons. Uh, he, is a, he is from Dickinson. How, uh, how are you, Representative Simons? Oh, real good. Thank you for having me on, Mr. Port. Well, thank you for having uh, for, for both of you for coming on. I wanted to have you on because I know this is an issue uh, you're both uh, passionate about and certainly are tracking. Over in Stark County, uh, there is a situation where a rancher by the name of Gerald Dassinger, he's from Gladstone, uh, he's accused of abusing or neglecting his horses, uh, and he faces several felony and misdemeanor charges related to those accusations. Now, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know anything about the how true or false the accusations are, and that's not really. What I want to discuss today, what I what I want to discuss is is the process around this situation because I think there are some real problems. I'm quoting here from a Grand Forks Herald article about the case. Uh, I quote: The Stark County Sheriff's Department in May filed petitions to seize horses and cattle from Dassinger after a local veterinarian said the animals were thin and had problems with parasites and lice. Some of the animals were already on trucks when Dassinger's attorney, Thomas Murtha, filed for a temporary restraining order to stop them from being seized before Dassinger could defend himself. Southwest District Judge Rhonda Ellis granted the restraining order and will decide whether Dassinger can keep the animals. Ellis on June 5th presided over the first part of a hearing in the seizure case uh, at the Stark County Courthouse, a continuation of the hearing uh, is scheduled to begin on June 13th. That's that's tomorrow. Uh, the hearing, the judge explained, was not required by state law. And this is the important part. In North Dakota, law enforcement can petition the court for an order to seize animals and to dispose of the animals. Ella said she and the attorneys in the case agreed to hold a hearing in order to preserve Dassinger's due process rights. Now, Representative Simons, I don't feel like we should have to rely on the forbearance of the courts to protect our due process rights. What's going on here? Well, it's obviously a, a, a direct violation of the Fourth, Fifth Amendment, and the Eleventh Amendment of the Bill of Rights. It's uh, 
how this bill went through in 2013, no one will ever know. And uh, it, it's horrible. I, I'm bewildered. I'm absolutely bewildered. Well, let me ask you about that, um, Daryl, because is, is this, I mean, is this, this being able to seize the animals, was this part of the 2013 animal cruelty reforms that passed in the legislature? Yeah, yeah, there's been an ability to seize animals uh, on, the, on the law in North Dakota, and that, the, the thing that only changed in that is, so a minor, very minor improvement that they had to get a court order to do it. However, it's still subjective, and they can do it before you're proven guilty of anything. So basically, if you're guilty, you're probably losing your ranch if you're a livestock producer, and if you're innocent, there's a good chance you're still probably losing your ranch because they can seize and change ownership of those animals, and basically you're out of business even if you're found innocent. Correct. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. Now, I think it's important to remember, you know, may, maybe some people don't realize it, we're, we're talking about a rancher. So these are not, these are not like pets. This is not like a, like a hobby farm. This is this man's livelihood. So essentially the government is coming in and taking his livelihood from him, and they don't even have to hold a hearing. Now, Representative Simons, I, I got to think that's a situation that's ripe for, for reform. But obviously, yes, very much so. I mean, it's right on my radar. Um, for this to even happen in North Dakota is is unbelievable. Um, you know, this is opening the door. People don't realize what, what's happening here. This is opening the door for crazy animal activists to come in, make accusation. Now, now let's just back up for a minute here. A person that that has never seen the ranch before in their life from another state made this accusation, never was on the property ever. And so, I mean, this is blowing up. This is Animal Activist 101. Um, who, who, yeah. who made, I mean, expand on that a little bit. Who, who made the accusation? Who is this person from another state who you say never stepped foot on the ranch? And, and, and yet somehow was able to get uh, – and, and, and granted, this man, his, uh, due to the intervention of his lawyer, this man's animals weren't taken away. But somebody from another state who was never on this ranch is, is, what, is who started this process? That is correct. 100% correct. Okay, so can you give us more details? I mean, how, how exactly did, did she see – whoever it was, I, I guess I don't know if it's a male or female, did they see pictures? I mean, how, how did they get – to a point where, where you know, that this man's livelihood's being loaded on trailers to be carted away. Well, um, yes, um, and Daryl, if you want to skip in any time, you sure can. Um, what I'm, what happened was, is there was a just a handful of animals, and when I say a handful, we're talking five, five out of over a hundred animals that were sick, um, etc. And Mr. Porter. What happened was is these people seen it on social media, this, this particular person seen it on social media and made the accusation. That's exactly what happened. Joe, do you have more to add to that? Yeah, uh, let's get right down to the fact. So a, a gentleman that Mr. Dawson hired to be the farm manager sent some pictures to a friend slash girlfriend, I don't know, it was a female, in Wisconsin, 
about, you know, they had round some horses up that had, had went wandering during the December snowstorms. Um, he took pictures of that and put on the social media, sent them to her. Well, there was a lot of cattle in, in that that went wandering in those December snowstorms, um, and people had to go get them back. The amazing thing is, is horses have the ability to survive out there Correct. very, very well. And and so there's pictures of that. There's pictures of a, a couple of lame horses that had received prior treatment, and they, they didn't fully recover. Um, and, you know, I mean, as as many folks do, you've, you've got, a, you know, an animal or two around at any one time that has received some attention but maybe isn't back to full where it should be. But they, they offered 50 pictures, over 50 pictures of evidence last uh, Monday, Rob. And of 50 pictures, like like Representative Simon said, five or six animals was all they could depict. Now, remember, the accusing vet, Dr. Broman, said on a TV interview, this is the worst case she has ever seen. Correct. And so, so five head that are having some issues that, that the gentleman has, has got under his care, this is the worst case out of over 100 head of animals? So you better be I, able to unequivocally, without a doubt, substantiate a statement like the worst case ever. Yeah. Well, let, let me let me ask you this this question because we're we're – we're we're talking mostly about the the due process situation where they come in and they just take this man's cattle away, but there's also criminal charges pending here. And Daryl, I, I in, in the Grand Forks Herald article that I saw, you had you made an interesting point where the animal rights laws, as passed in 2013, criminalize someone if they fail to get proper veterinary care for their animals. You're arguing, well, that we could put we could put farmers and ranchers in a situation where if they try to treat an animal themselves, that suddenly they're they're felons. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah. So there's uh, several counts of uh, felony counts that are the statement in the in the uh, in the complaint in the the official uh, procedures that were sent out by the state's attorney and the charges. It states in their intentional because to get to a felony you got to go you got to have intention so intentional abuse or neglect and for the reason of not seeking veterinary medical care for a lameness of a horse and that should scare and worry every livestock producer because it didn't matter whether he was treating them himself which by the way all livestock people treat their own livestock, except in the most extreme conditions. And even then, they treat them themselves and have tremendous success. But basically what it's doing, and and this is coming from the attorney, if this is successful, anyone who self-treats and doesn't seek veterinary medical care could be subject to someone putting a complaint in. If someone saw a picture just like this gal in Wisconsin did, of, a, of an animal that was being treated and, and still hadn't made full recovery or probably never will make full recovery. You just got to go through the, you know, the motions of trying to treat it and then you got to make a decision down the road on it. Well, they could turn it in and that could be construed as intentional neglect and cruelty because you didn't seek veterinary medical care, unquote. Representative Simons, what do we? Because obviously you're you're a lawmaker, and I imagine you're already warming up your uh, your legislating pen 
uh, for the next session to, to address this situation. What sort of changes do we need to make that, 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 you know, to address the problems that, that we see arising from this situation? You know, first of all, we need to stop act, We need to stop treating animals like human beings. Um, I mean, that, that really is getting down to the root of it. Um, you know, actually, the Farm Bureau has got some solutions here. Um, actually, the way I would, Daryl could actually explain that even better than I could on this. Okay, sure. Um, well, da- well Daryl, I don't want to, oh, go ahead, go ahead, finish. Oh, he's an expert on this subject. Uh, right now I'm working with um, Harvest, uh, uh, what's here, it's um, <laughs> just to escape me, Protective Harvest. And, you know, um, this is one of the biggest groups of, of anti-animal uh, activists. They fight, actively act, fight animal active, activism. And so we, we have got a, a whole team of attorneys looking at this right now. And to answer that in one question, I'm not sure how I would answer that. Sure. Uh, well, uh, Daryl, uh, your your group, North Dakota Farm Bureau. Last question. Uh, I mean, what what sort of th- what sort of reforms do we need here? Well, I think the first thing we need to look at, Rob, is you know the the way we go about you know determining uh, seizures and at what point uh, you know Correct. if animals are seized and there is justification to seize until someone's proven guilty to not be able to disperse of them animals um, right. because right. Y- you could ruin someone's 40-year history of building a herd, uh, such as in this case of, of developing those genetic bloodlines, and if he's proven innocent and, and these animals are allowed to be taken at the end of this hearing that wasn't required by law, there's the other thing we got to do. we gotta, we got to fix that in the law that there are hearings uh, that are so that the due process is fully fully followed through. I mean, there are just a couple examples, Rob. I'm not so sure, you know, we're looking at this thing, we're, we're taking input from our farmers and rancher members out there of, of what needs to be done in this uh, deal. There's some there's some amendments that we got to go back to that we didn't get uh, in 2013 because it seemed like the skids were greased on this deal. So we, we came in and we asked for uh, quite a few amendments. We only got about half of them. Um, because, quote-unquote, some of the legislators said, well, we got to do something for the other side. And I'm like, wait a minute, you give them the law to begin with. What do you mean you got to do something for the other side? How about taking care of the producers, the ag folks, the number one industry in North Dakota? Let's give them protection. That's what we need to go back and do. Well, I, I, I certainly, and I, I think there's a larger discussion to be had there. I, there's certainly there's certainly some issues we need to go back and fix. Gentlemen, I'm all out of time, though. I appreciate both of you coming on the show today. All right, thanks, Rob. Thanks, Luke. That's uh, State Representative Luke Simons, also uh, North Dakota Farm Bureau President Daryl Lees. I'm Rob Port. There'll be more to come straight ahead, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob. Report here on 970 WDAY, 701-293-9000, as we wrap up the show. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Stay tuned for that. Natil, I don't, I don't know how you, uh, how you felt about that, but I don't know. I'm hearing some things. I listen. I, I don't want to see animals mistreated, you know, 
like anyone else. I, I, I think that absolutely there is something. Um, we There should be criminal laws on the books for the mistreatment of animals. But I, I think I'm a little worried that we've gone overboard here. And we're not doing enough to protect the accused, you know, whether it's due, you know, giving them due process before you just take their livelihoods, take their animals away. And also, you know, some of this stuff where, you know, stuff happens to animals, blizzards happen. You know, I, I don't I don't know that we want to criminalize, you know, I think we may have gone too far. I don't know. I, I heard some disturbing things in that interview. I agree with you there. And this comes from someone who I think definitely treats her animals a lot an awful lot like yeah. people i i am an animal person i've always been an animal person and that's just the way it's probably going to be for the rest of my life but at the same time this lack of due process for the accused is very disturbing to me because you know what if what if i got into myself into a situation where i had a massive disagreement with my neighbors over yeah. i don't know something stupid and my neighbors called in and said make, that make an accusation made, made an accusation about my dog my dog is is my esa he's my emotional right. support animal if the police just came and took him away and i didn't have any due process right. there there was nothing there to protect and me. that's and that's important and, and in this case we're talking about this guy's livelihood exactly and and so, and, 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 and that's the thing i mean they come they come and they take a bunch of cattle or a bunch of horses or something and then they're holding them and, and also the state can disperse them Right. So they've seized them. The state could turn around and sell them. And now at the end of it, you could be accused of mistreating the animals, found innocent of mistreating those animals. But those animals are still gone because the state of North Dakota seized them from you and dispersed them. That is possible under state law. Now, it's not happening to happening to Gary Dassinger because thankfully he's got a good attorney and his attorney intervened. And there seems like a judge with with a pretty good head on her shoulders out there who said, you know what, even though the law doesn't require it, we're still going to hold a hearing. Those are good things. But we shouldn't have to rely on the forbearance of the courts to get those things done. It's his property. And he has a right to due process before that property is taken from him. It's in the first it's in the Fifth Amendment. It's pretty clear. So, you know, we, we've, we've got some work to do here. And, and again, I don't want to open the window up. I want to hold people who mistreat animals accountable, too, like everybody else. Um, you know, but I also thought, you know, Daryl Lee's made an excellent point from the North Dakota Farm Bureau when he said, you know, you get some animals lost in a blizzard. You're trying to treat them themselves. Is it right if somebody comes and takes some pictures of some emaciated animals on your property because, I don't know, they're sick or there was bad weather or whatever the case may be that you were trying to treat yourself and now all of a sudden you're a felon because you didn't call a veterinarian because you were trying to treat those animals yourselves? Or if you did call a veterinarian and those animals are currently under treatment, it takes a while to, you know, put weight back on an animal. Just like with a human being. If you're sick, if a human being's sick, they're probably going to look sick even while they're getting treatment. It's uh, it's 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 very frustrating to me, and yeah, I, I think we went overboard. You know, this that those laws that passed in 2013 were controversial. I have a feeling that uh, in the upcoming legislative session in 28, uh, 2019, excuse me, we're going to need to address it. Hey, Jay Thomas show coming up next. Stay tuned for that. Remember, you can always catch me here one to two p.m. Monday through Friday on nine seventy WDAY or twenty four hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. No